Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Twas the week before Star Wars, <laughs> and all through the screening room, not a lot was stirring, but a little bit. Got a couple of movies to talk about, one definitely interesting, and one you may not have heard of, but you might want to check out. Welcome, this is the Screening Room Podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. We are from MadWolf.com and the Screening Room Podcast, powered by the Marcus Crosswoods Theater, featuring the 70 feet wide ultra screen with Dolby Atmos surround sound and the Dream Lounger recliners. And first up this week, the movie behind the movie, when Greg, an aspiring film actor, meets the weird and mysterious Tommy in acting class. They form a unique friendship and travel to Hollywood to make their dreams come true. It's the disaster artist. Los Angeles, everybody wants to be star. You have to be the best and never give up. When I get up on stage in front of people, all I can think about is, what if they laugh at me? You, man, you're fearless. I want to feel that too. I don't care. I'll do it. You and me, we both have this dream. Yeah, I guess we do. That <laughs> <laughs> we'll be famous. We'll show them. Watch out, here we go. To be or not to be. It's not going to happen for you. Not in a million years. But after that, this town, Greg, they don't want me. Wish we could just make our own movie. That great idea. So we love The Room. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing that I think I need to give The Room credit for is because I am far more likely to enjoy a bad movie that's just full on bad than you are because you always think of them as a waste of your time, but you enjoyed The Room. Yeah. If you're not familiar, this movie, The Disaster Artist, is about the making of the movie The Room, which has over the last what is it, almost 15 years mm -hmm. now, I think it came out in 2003, become a cult movie phenomenon. Yes. It, it became uh, the subject of midnight showings, midnight movies. People would get together. It's one of those yell at the screen type of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, And just revel in its absolute ridiculousness. Oh, yeah. In that it takes itself so seriously. And Tommy Wiseau, the writer, director, star, taking himself so seriously that it has become this cult movie and then the co the co-star of the room Greg Sestero he wrote a book a few years ago about the making of the room movie and now that's what this movie is based on so that's the big thing i think right at the top to talk about whether you, having seen the room or not will affect your appreciation for this movie and i think your appreciation will certainly be different uh, you'll have more understanding if you've seen The Room, but it's not a requirement. I don't think it's necessary at all, to be honest with you. And uh, the one thing that I think uh, director James Franco does really well to help you not have to see The Room is at the very end, he puts side by side a scene shot from The Disaster Artist and the exact same scene from The Room. Right. And what that does is just give you, the viewer, the understanding that we're not lampooning anything. This is exactly what that movie was like. And I think that that's useful. Yeah, I think... It's not necessary, I don't think, but I would recommend it. I think if you can see The Room before seeing The Disaster Artist, I, I would rather, I would say that would be the preferable way to appreciate the movie. But you're right, it's not necessary. No. James Franco stars as Tommy Wiseau, 
and he directs, mm-hmm. and it's got to be his best effort as a director. Oh, there's no question it's his best effort Although, as a director. Although, we should say, he's directed a lot more movies than we thought, so you there's know, plenty he, that we haven't he seen. He has, he has, but they've mostly been literary adaptations, and they've mostly been maybe pretentious and stiff. I mean, I just don't think, as a director, he found a groove until this subject. Yeah, and he's also very good in the lead. Yes, he is. Uh, very good. Tommy, <laughs> you just, when you think of the, the Tommy Wiseau, He's just such a weird dude. Yes, yes. I mean, over the years, as his movie has become such a cult phenomenon, there's been this aura of mysteriousness around him. Not only the way he looks, which is, you know, that's his choice and whatever, but his background. Like, what's his real name? Where is he really from? What's, what accent is that? Where did he get his money? Because that's the, one of the things that comes out in, in this movie, The Disaster Artist, is that when everybody got together to make this movie, they were all astounded, the cast, the crew, that their checks weren't bouncing, that he had this (laughs) limitless supply of money because, you know, L.A. is full of aspiring filmmakers. Sure. Usually they are scrounging to get every last cent they can into their movie. He didn't have to worry about that. He had this endless supply of money, and where did it come from? Nobody seems to know. And So he's got that aura around him and he's just such a weird dude that that is part of what drives the movie it is uh, you know honestly i think it's part of why the film the room is it the thing that kills a bad movie is if you're bored by it and and i think one of the reasons you can't be bored by the room is because there is absolutely no predicting what is going to happen next no. because because he has such an unusual take on reality. Yes. Um, and but you know what? The the thing I think that I was I was happy about with the disaster artist is that it's it's not a mockery. No. It's funny. And they understand that there is seriously bizarre goofiness afoot here, but <laughs> but it's very affectionate and also um it doesn't it doesn't really, I think, seek to to make Tommy any weirder than he is. And and one of the re- ways that they handle that is because Dave Franco plays Greg Cicero, and they are good friends, Tommy and Greg. And you can see where Greg is a more normal person, and he, you can see that he's often embarrassed by Tommy because he is such an outsider and such an odd bird, but at the same time, he genuinely cares about him. Yes, because as as the movie points out, he was, Greg was was drawn to Tommy by his fearlessness as an actor, even though in these early acting classes, he is totally horrible. Oh, yeah. He doesn't care. No. He's putting it all out Mm -hmm. there. He's doing what he thinks and just just being so garish and outlandish that he just does not care. And Greg, as an aspiring actor, didn't have that. He was very very timid, very timid and introverted. So that's what drew him to Tommy, and then they went about making this movie together. And you're right, it's not mocking. And I think if you've seen any of the talk shows lately, you see that uh, James Franco and Dave Franco and Tommy Wiseau have been doing the circuit all together. So they've all become good friends. And I think it's clear that Tommy is reveling in this adulation. Mm -hmm. He he really is. He's enjoying this. Uh, He's getting his moment in the sun for sure, based on, you know, now people that maybe didn't discover him at first in this movie, now he's becoming even more famous. And you're right, it's not mocking. There's a lot of things that work here to friendship, but following your dreams, yeah, yeah. so many people that go to L.A., you know, our son is one of them out right. there right now trying to do that thing. And in a strange way, they, they did it. Yeah, uh, they did. <laughs> you know, and look they where did. they are now. That's yeah. right. And, and, you know, it speaks a lot about creativity and the difficulty in making movies so many things going on here, but you're right. At the very heart of it, there is not mockery, because if there was, 
then it, it would not have worked. I mean, it's not it's not to say you are going to Franco doesn't really spare him. It's not like it's a but but it's just it seems like an authentic recreation. In fact, why has said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He th- what did he say? Ninety nine point nine percent accurate. He thought, <laughs> you know, he, he left a little bit out on a on a talk show I saw was that he thought some of the lighting lighting was off. But then <laughs> but then James Franco pointed out that, well, you never take your sunglasses off. So, oh, that might have. <laughs> That might have altered the lighting a little bit, but yeah, it is with it is with some element of fascinated love for yeah. this guy. Yeah. Like, what is your deal? Yeah. But yeah, and admiration. I yeah. think. I think. Yeah. You know, I think you can see where the Francos admire his commitment to this and his just. I'm going to make this work out. That's and, right. And it's a fun movie to watch. Disaster Artist is a lot of fun. It is fun. It's funny. It's well put together and well acted. And he, again, I think it's beneficial if you can see the room beforehand. But if even if you haven't, uh, you will definitely get a kick out of uh, out of the disaster artist, and we both recommend it. Only one more major release to talk about this week. It's a story of a woman beginning to fall in love, only to discover that she has fantastic powers, and it's called Thelma. This is a Norwegian film. It's a horror film, I think, technically. It would be... Horror thriller type yeah, of a thing? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not horrific. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting movie because in a lot of ways it's, it kind of lulls you into believing in certain respects that it's that somewhat typical coming-of-age horror film. You know, you've got this outsider young woman who's been sheltered and overprotected, and it leads you in a certain direction and then quickly changes things on you, surprises you, and I think that it benefits the film a lot. It's also a gorgeous movie to look at, but for me, it's it's interesting because you get to know Thelma, the character, and uh, she's she's very introverted, and she's awkward, and she's uncomfortable, and she's lonely as she's starting college, but it opens with her as a child, all bundled up, walking with her dad across a frozen pond into the woods to hunt. He's got a gun, and she sees a deer, and she just stiffens and silences and stops breathing so that she doesn't scare away her dad's prey. I don't want to give anything else away except that this is a, first of all, beautifully shot, very jarring opening scene. And then as as you spend some time with Thelma as a, as a burgeoning adult, every time you think you understand what's going on, that opening scene kind of nags at you like, no, I think there's something wrong with mm-hmm. Thelma. Mm-hmm. So it's it, the, the film does a nice job of, of kind of keeping you off kilter. And I think that it, it reminds you of, of a couple of different movies, but at the same time, I think it's very, very much its own, and it's beautiful, and it's, it's well worth the effort. Nice, and that is Thelma looking at the releases this week and home video, DVD, Blu-ray. Just a couple to talk about, Despicable Me 3, and I think this one follows the same pattern that has really been true for all the Despicable Me movies. They're fine. If, you know, not memorable, they're fine. Well, I think when we, uh, when we talked about this when it was in theaters, you said... Are, are you the only one who didn't remember there was a Despicable <laughs> Me too? And that's true. It's because... I it's knew because I had seen it. They're charming and they're entertaining while you watch them. And, of course, everybody loves the Minions. And it's not just the Minions. You love the little girls. You know, I Fluffy. mean... Fluffy. Yeah, yeah, they're cute. Th- but it's just nothing about any of the movies really stays with you. Yeah, it's... it's and the same here. Corral yeah. is, is charming and adorable. He plays twins. Yeah. It's you know? funny enough, but yeah. not that funny. It's charming enough. And, yeah, it just gets by for... 
Okay, a, a time waster for the family, and sure. of course, everybody loves the Minions, so that's about it. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, American Assassin, that is a spy movie with the young spy being mentored by the veteran spy, played by Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. who's always always a welcome presence. This one, again, it's fine in some spots, actually very, pretty brutally violent in some in some scenes, but ends up kind of, especially with some of the movies that we've seen in the last few years, your John Wicks, your Equalizers, uh, just kind of a, a watered-down version of those, right. and it has its moments, but eh. So both both the releases this week at Home Video are kind of uh, not really memorable, Middling. but all right, kind of middle of the road. So as we talked about, there's a certain big movie coming what? out next week, Star Wars The Last Jedi. We see this in, what, about three days? We see uh, it, yes, we do. Uh, so uh, we're excited about that and definitely going to be ready to talk about that next week. But also, it's not the only one coming out next week that we're really looking forward to. You know, to. it's funny. I'm surprised so many films come out next week because, generally speaking, yeah. you, you, you stay hold out off of the way. when you... Exactly. <laughs> but another big, big release next week is The Shape of Water, yeah. which is, by all rights, I mean, by everything I've heard, perhaps Guillermo del Toro's best film. Mm-hmm. And that is saying something. I'm so excited for that one. Yeah, I am, too. It's really getting mentioned a lot in some of the award season predictions, mm-hmm. uh, not only for acting, but for filmmaking, for, for everything. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm really looking forward to that one. Also, Woody Allen's latest Wonder Wheel comes out next week. And, and, th- and then they're going to try to ruin my childhood by making Ferdinand into a feature-length film. Yeah, so I'm so. not going to lie. I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> well, we'll find out, and that is next week. Until then, uh, let us know what you thought about these movies, The Disaster Artist or The Original Room, or even if you got to see Thelma. We love to keep the conversation going on Twitter. That's the easiest way. You can reach us at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Mad Wolf Columbus, and the main website for the written reviews and other fun stuff is always madwolf.com. Screening Room Podcast is powered by Marcus Crosswoods Theater. Hey, George. Yes? Where would be a big screen where I could watch Star Wars? That would be the Marcus Crosswoods Theaters with the the Dream Loungers. going to be so comfy as we get ready for The Last Jedi. And we are always a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group. So until next week when we'll talk about Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and more, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but... I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.